Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. This is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Just find that Apple purple podcast button right there on your smartphone device. If you have an Apple phone, tap it, hit search, type in ML Sports Platter, hit subscribe, and you will get new and archived episodes of the ML Sports Platter with the likes of Bob Costas, Hall of Famers, Adrian Wojnarowski, and more. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College, Axe Exotic Pets, our good friends over at Ken's Auto Detailing, and, of course, Matt Graham, your State Farm agent. Go ahead and visit SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. That's SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Get a free rate quote today and find out about their rate drops as well. Matt Graham of State Farm, if you're in greater New York State or in the central New York area, like a good neighbor, State Farm and Matt Graham are there. Home, auto, life, bank, health, and business. Matt Graham of State Farm is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Well, I just recently had Yankee great Ron Bloomberg on to talk, of course, about his brand new book on Thurman Munson, The Captain and Me, and he co-authored it with one Dan Epstein. Let's talk with Dan right now, the terrific contributor to Flood Magazine, Stompbox Book, Rolling Stone, Dan Epstein on Twitter, at Big Hair Plassgrass, that's at Big Hair, P-L-A-S-G-R-A-S, a must-follow on Twitter, BigHairPlasticGrass.com is the website, BigHairPlasticGrass.com. Dan Epstein, congratulations on the book with Ron Bloomberg covering the captain, Thurman Munson. How are you? Welcome to the ML Sports Platter. Thanks so much, Mike, and uh, thanks for having me on. Do you think Thurman Munson is a Hall of Famer? I do. I mean, it's, yes, his career ended, uh, you know, um, Unfortunately, uh, prematurely, but I think, you know, you go back to the 1970s and, and you know, you, you look at what he did uh, both as a player and as a leader of the Yankees uh, in that decade, uh, rookie of the year, most valuable player all-star number of times uh, led the team to three straight American League pennants and two straight World Series championships and, uh, you know, worked with so many great pitchers and, and, you know, in in so many cases made those pitchers better. I think, you know, I I grew up, uh, I I grew up in the 70s or at least, you know, that that was uh, when I was first a baseball fan and if you talk to anyone back then, Thurman was at the very least in the top three of any uh, catcher conversation and often in the top two with Johnny Bench being number one. And I think, uh, you know, the other two guys, uh, Carlton Fisk and Bench, are both in the Hall of Fame. I don't see what the Hall of Fame would stand to lose by including Thurman as well. So you collaborated on this book, The Captain and Me, again, major bookstores, Amazon.com. Uh, online where books are sold um, <clears throat> with Ron Bloomberg. 
in 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 following the game in the seventies, growing up, watching Munson, seeing him, his mannerisms, how he handled things on and off the field, and then of course being close to Ron. How do you think Bloomberg and Munson were similar, and how do you think they're different? Well, I think you know the, the differences are most obvious. Uh, you know that they're. You know, Ron was a, a country boy from Georgia. Uh, you know, Thurman was uh, was a Midwestern boy from Ohio. Thurman was, you know, had this sort of like tough shell about him, very kind of pugnacious. Ron wasn't to this day is still like a you know super upbeat, positive guy, always smiling, loves to talk to everybody. You know, Thurman was was not known to be uh, uh, the most sociable person, especially where uh, where. where reporters were concerned but i think what 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 was similar with them and what really bound them together was their absolute love of baseball and the the notion that you know you go out there and you go out there to win and you do whatever you can to help the team and and then on top of that was i think a a shared uh sense of pride in, in wearing Yankee pinstripes and, you know, kind of following in that, that grand historical tradition that is the, you know, the New York Yankees franchise. Uh, I think that they, but also I think, and, and uh, Diana Munson gets into this in a bit, uh, gets into this a bit in her introduction for the book is that, you know, Ron was such a positive and non-judgmental person that Thurman, who, who really felt all his life like he was, you know, constantly under the microscope and being judged and being criticized, that he, Thurman could hang out with Ron. And, you know, Ron completely looked up to Thurman, both as a friend and a leader, you know, did not judge him, just kind of let him be who he was. And and I think, you know, Thurman needed somebody like that on the team um, that he could just kind of let his hair down with and, you know, and you know the two of them would go out together in New York City, and you know everybody everybody loved talking to Ron, and Ron always had tables at uh, at the delis, and you know was always getting uh, invites to come on down to the garment district, and you know get get suits and stuff, and he would bring Thurman with him, and I think like you know in those situations Ron would be kind of the center of attention, and Thurman I think enjoyed that he enjoyed you know hanging out with people in in that kind of scenario where so much of the focus was on Ron and he could just kick back and relax and talk to people. And, uh, you know, not, it, it wasn't, uh, it, he wasn't in a leadership role in that scenario. And, and I think he enjoyed that. You know, the, the, the Yankee brand is, is, is unbelievable. I mean, this team hasn't won a world series since 2009. They haven't been there since 2009. Sometimes when the Yankees, fail in the playoffs, it gets more headlines and there's more craziness from the fan base. The interest goes up. There's more clicks. There's more listens. Ratings are through the roof because people are starving again for, for a World Series. Yankee fans, um, for the majority, can't accept you know no World Series for this long, for sure, but even right. for just a few years. But the Yankees' popularity is, is just so grand. The brand is so huge, and it leads me to this. Writing this book with with Ron Bloomberg, you're writing about Thurman Munson. And certainly no disrespect to Munson, no disrespect to Bloomberg. But Munson isn't Barra, Munson isn't Mantle, Munson isn't Ruth or Gehrig or DiMaggio. And Ron Bloomberg is a Yankee great, but and he's the first designated hitter in, in the history of the game. 
But Ron Bloomberg is certainly not in Monument Park either. Terrific player, but he's not in right. Monument Park. So it, isn't it unbelievable with, with these two who are way down the list of, of Yankee greats, right? You've got a number one book on Amazon, and, and that speaks to the Yankee brand, right, Dan? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think... Um... You know, and and this is this is something that I've found, you know, in my career as a as an author and you know, writing books about baseball. It's like if 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 your book is about the Yankees, you or, or even tangentially in some way about the Yankees, you have a much better chance of even getting a publisher interested in it. Uh, partially because all the major publishers are in New York, and partially because you know Yankee fans will buy books about Yankee players, and and you can't necessarily guarantee that with uh, with any of the other franchises. Yeah, but uh, but I mean. But that said, I mean, I think, no, uh, Thurman wasn't Yogi, but at the same time, the, uh, you know, again, flashback to the 70s, like Thurman was, you know, I, I don't think you would find any Yankee fan back then who was like, yeah, Thurman Munson, you know, whatever. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, it was pretty clear that Thurman was, was you know, one of the great Yankees of that period. And, you know, and, and there's even, you know, with, there's the part in our book where, where Ron is, is, uh, is, you know, kicking back in the clubhouse with, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm, it's, it's early in the morning. I'm completely, uh, spacing on his name, but, but the, the, the Yankees, uh, clubhouse guy who was there for, for decades. Oh, Pete yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and and he has he has Pete like you know what do you think of Thurman and and uh, you know and and Pete predicted that he was going to be another Bill Dickey and so I mean that there was there was a lot of I mean uh, I I think in his time Thurman was was definitely uh, seen as as a potential Hall of Famer and you know obviously no one saw. Uh, the plane crash coming, but I think that you know the the thought was that you know, he would continue on in his career and probably play it play his whole career with the Yankees despite all his threats to to, to go to the Indians and uh, and would eventually uh, wind up in Cooperstown. Yeah, Pete Sheehy, by the way, fifty eight years as a clubhouse manager, twenty one World Series, and twenty nine pennants. So you talk about a guy who you know went from the home runs of Babe Ruth to the uh, to you know, to the to the MVP year of Don Mattingly and all the rest. Just what a what an yeah. unbelievable career he. The stories that guy. Oh man, yeah, no no doubt. Dan Epstein, our guest, of course, the book with Ron Bloomberg, all over the major bookstores uh, and online where books are sold. It's called The Captain and Me uh, on Thurman Munson. Make sure you follow Dan on Twitter as well at Big Hair Plastgrass on Twitter, of course, and BigHairPlasticGrass.com, the website for some terrific writing as well. What do you hope people say about the book when they get done with it? Well, I think mostly I hope that that people will come away from it with a greater understanding of who Thurman was as a person, not just as a player, although that that's certainly part of it. Um, because I think it, he was, I mean, even, even to me, who grew up as a Thurman Munson fan, I, I feel like I had a pretty one-dimensional image of who he was uh, until I started working with Ron on this book. Um, I also think that there's there's a real um, that there's a beautiful human story here uh, in his Thurman's friendship with with Ron and 
and that's really, uh, you know, I, I, that was one of the things that really attracted me to this project in the first place, that it's, you know, it's kind of a bang the drum slowly sort of thing where, you know, to an odd couple of baseball players are brought together by, you know, uh, being on the same team and going through ups and downs together. And, you know, and really like the way that Thurman looked after Ron, uh, when Ron was, I mean, he was, Ron was literally on the DL for like two and a half years and just uh, absolute, you know, at at what should have been the prime of his career. And, you know, it was absolutely soul destroying period for Ron. And the fact that the Thurman who, you know, was the team captain was, you know, helping lead the team to, to the pennant, uh, uh, despite all kinds of distractions in the media and the clubhouse and, and you know, fighting with with Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner, that Thurman would take time out of every day to check in on Ron and kind of encourage him and keep him from, you know, losing hope. I mean, I, th- I think that's just such a beautiful thing. And, and you know, I, I had no idea that that's, you know, that that's part of who Thurman was. And I, I think... Um, I think it's it's such a great. I mean, it's it's a great thing to learn about Thurman, but I think it's just such a great lesson for all of us to carry with us that you know we 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 all have friends and colleagues who are hurting, who are struggling, going through things, and you know just how much it, it can mean to somebody if you just take some time out of your day and check in on them and, and make sure that they're hanging in there. The the Bronx Zoo Yankees. You know, with Reggie and Thurman and Billy and and, and the cast, a ton of great role players as well. Where do you put them on the list of Yankee, uh, you know, either dynasties, mini dynasties, single season teams, however you want to go about it? How how far down are they from the top, Dan? Well, you know, for me, they're at number one. Not not because, you know, not statistically or, or, you know, in terms of all-time greatness, but, but... I, I find this period of the Yankees more fascinating than any other period in Yankee history. Just the mix of characters, uh, the mix of talents, the you know the, the drama. The you know obviously we we've you know there have been several books uh, uh, that have explored this period, um, uh, starting with Sparky Lyles, uh, the Bronx Zoo, and and uh, you know ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bronx is burning. I mean, so, so so much great stuff has been written about this era, but I think that's because there's just this like endless well of fascinating stuff that went down in this period. You know, I, I think obviously the you know the the Ruth Garrick years would would be you know uh, I think anyone would have to put those at the top, and the uh, the Mantleberry years number two. Um, you know, I I think obviously you know. Obviously, the Yankees have had some great teams in the uh, 21st century as well, but uh, but I, I would I would put the Bronx Zoo Yankees above those. You know, when when you when you look at Thurman and, and his connection to the Yankee fans and the appreciation um, of of Munson, uh, there there is something about it with just the catcher position only. I mean, Yogi Berra, Munson, we know that. You know, Joe Torre was a catcher at one point, uh, not for the Yankees, but obviously in his career. And managers end up being really good. Uh, catchers end up being really, really good managers uh, because they see the field. They're kind of patrolling things out there. Uh, they're a general, so to speak. Do you think Thurman would have managed? 
probably not. I mean, I think I think he certainly had the baseball knowledge and skills to do so. I think he he was a master at sort of sizing up the opposition, sizing up uh, players on his own team, uh, working with pitchers, figuring out what you know what they could do in any given situation. Uh, I think he would have you know he had the mind for it. But I don't think he would have had the patience for it. I, I, I think, you know, the, the idea of Thurman, you know, having a press conference yeah. after every game. Yep. I mean, th- this is a guy who, you know, th- th- this, this is a guy who was throwing bottles at, at reporters exactly. in, in the clubhouse. Yeah. I, I really, you know, and, and I think that, the you know, the New York, I mean, if he had been a man, manager, it would have probably only been for the Yankees. Um, I can't see him, you know, going going on to, you know, have gone on to, to manage the, the Phillies or the Tigers or, or whoever. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like the New York press corps would have completely, you know, or tough enough as it is, would have made it even tougher on him uh, because they would have enjoyed having him in the hot seat. Uh, I just, you know, and then all the, you know, working under George Steinbrenner and yep. all the, uh, yeah, all, <laughs> all the meddling there, I think it would have driven Thurman absolutely insane. I mean, in, in the book, Ron says that, you know, he thinks that, that Thurman would have been happier of as a, you know, buying into a baseball team, like, you know, being mm-hmm. part of a owner's consortium and uh, being involved that way, uh, that, that, you know, that, that way he could have kept his hand in in the game but at the same time you know avoided all, all, all the unpleasant things that, that that he hated about uh about the day-to-day life of a, of a baseball player yeah no doubt the book is out a couple more quick questions for dan epstein co-authoring it with ron bloomberg the captain and me on thurman munson and you can go get it online where books are sold in major bookstores. Dan on Twitter, at BigHairPlasticGrass. And, of course, BigHairPlasticGrass.com for more of Dan Epstein's work. A must-follow on Twitter, a terrific writer for years. Um, as you go through the years and write book after book after book after book, uh, does it get easier? I, I, I would never call it easy. I think that in sports media, being an author... And being a play-by-play guy are the two most difficult things, I think. Uh, but does it get easier with more reps, more books, more experience, more interviews, more everything? Well, I don't know that easy is the right way to put it. I think I think you you it, it becomes easier to avoid certain mistakes. Uh, you know, certain parts of the process become more streamlined. Yeah. Um, you know, you, it, maybe it's easier to kind of focus in on, you know, uh, to, 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 to dial in what, what exactly you're trying to do. But, you know, every, every, every book is a challenge in its own way. This is the first book that I've done with a co-author. Uh, this is the first done book I've done where, you know, somebody is basically telling me their, you know, their, their life experience. And I'm, you know, both trying to, uh, you know, make sure to, to stay true to their voice, but at the same time, make sure that, you know, all the right info is in there. And, you know, and with Ron, it was, 
you know, that was challenging because like a lot of players of his age, you know, it's, it's hard to remember exactly, you know, what happened 45, 50 years ago. You know, it's hard to remember at what point in the season you were hitting 386, you know. And so, so my job was to go, you know, Ron would tell me his stories and then I would go back and, you know, look through the newspaper archives and, and uh, look at his stats and look at Thurman's stats and just figure out, okay, this is probably when the story actually happened, you know, this year, not, you know, 72, not 74, et cetera. And uh, so, I mean, that was a lot of fun, but it was, but it was also challenging. And, and the way we kind of worked it out was that, you know, I, I would, um, you know, Ryan, the format in the book is basically it's Ron talking and then I kind of chime in every couple of pages to, to set a little context or, you know, give a, give a little uh, statistical overview or things like that, because I thought that would be, a, that was a more honest way than trying to like put all those statistics in Ron's mouth. When did you first meet Ron and your relationship with him? When did that start? Dan. You know, I've I've never met Ron. Really? <laughs> I've never I've never I've never uh we've never been in the same place thanks to uh the pandemic. Uh we we started uh we were introduced actually through um through uh Rob Wilson who is now our our agent and Rob had been uh Ron's agent on his previous book Designated Hebrew. And he knew that Ron was looking to write uh, um a book about his relationship with Thurman. And so Rob suggested that I would be a good uh, co-writer because I know, you know, I know that period of the Yankees and uh, baseball in general really well. And so um, Ron and I had a phone conversation, hit it off immediately. And then we just, you know, it became like I would call him every couple, uh, you know, twice a week. I would record the phone calls, you know, sometimes, he would have specific stories that he wanted to tell me. Sometimes I would be like, okay, well, you know, tell me about catfish, you know, and, and, uh, we would just find different ways to riff on it. And, and then, uh, you know, over time we had enough, uh, really more than enough for, for a book. And so then it became about whittling it down, but, you know, Ron and I still talk on the phone multiple times a week but uh, we've we've never actually been in the same place i'm hoping that uh, now that we're both vaccinated we'll be able to do that soon i want to just ask you a couple of you know general baseball questions about the game today and i'll let you run dan if that's okay um sure do you think the game is 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 in trouble i mean it's not the product really isn't that great i mean teams struggle to hit over 200 uh it's it's walk strikeout home run there you know there's there's not a lot of action the pace of play is brutal rod manford's creating i mean these these rules are just absurd especially the one in extra innings putting somebody on second base i mean it's like a it's like cartoon land here are you are you are you worried about the game do you love the game still yeah well i mean i love baseball i love baseball history but i can't even watch it's brutal uh, what, right what's become to it I, I really think they should just just make it uh, all home run derby all the time and get it done with because that's what it's that's what it's heading for at this point i think um yeah i, th- I think that you know, i mean pace of play is such a easily um 
fixed issue. Yes. But, but instead of actually fixing it, they're they're adding all these other bells That's and whistles, exactly right. and yeah. and it's just it's yeah. absurd. It's you know it's it's t-ball rules. It's it's uh, you know um, yeah. I, I I I find it so frustrating to to see what you know what it has become, and and uh, you know still still a great. Um, you know, still a great game. I, I, I've, I still go to minor league games, and uh, yeah, they're trying to ruin those stuff. too, though. You know, but but they are trying to ruin yeah. those, and they're and they're and they're you know and jettisoning jettisoning all those minor league teams yep. in the Scouts. you know last year. I mean, it's it's just yeah, it's a travesty. I, I you know, I, I was not a fan of Bud Selig, but I, I got I, I prefer the days of uh, of Bud to uh, to the days of Rob. It's un it's unbelievable. I mean, they're both they're both awful. Um, but but this this current deal here with the product, I just you, you flip it on, you can't even you can't even recognize some stuff inside the sport. I mean, it, you know, it'd be like taking the the NBA or, or or the NHL and saying, okay, you know, now now we're in overtime and we're gonna go with uh, you know the NBA. We're gonna count the three pointers going to be four pointers, and you know uh, the NHL we're gonna have. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to probably, they do three on three, which is really entertaining, but it's not that drastically different. It just opens up the ice more, but you know, it's almost like, Hey, we're going to put two pucks out there, you know, and, right. and whoever, and whoever scores first off, we're going to just drop a bag of pucks in the middle of the ice or whatever. And, you know, find the first one and go score. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, it, it's just a, it, it just, it's not recognizable. How did you get into baseball? Take us back and, and we'll close with this. Like when you were a youngster, when did you first start into it? Um, you know, did you have some favorite players, a team, etc.? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Uh, that's at least that's where I spent my childhood. Go blue. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Spent spent a lot of uh, Saturday afternoons at the big house. Awesome. And, I got to uh, get there, man. Oh man, it, it, it was a, it was an incredible place to be a kid, especially in those days when you know U of M football team was oh, great, yeah. baseball team was great, sure. uh, basketball team was great. Hockey's always good there too, really. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was I was never a huge hockey fan, but but that was always you know that the, they were really uh, tops in, in all those sports. And so so my first game was actually uh, it was May nineteen seventy six. Uh, Detroit Tigers at Tiger Stadium against the New York Yankees, wow. and and the first, um, I, well, actually, I think the, the first player I saw hit a home run at a major league park was Roy White, and uh, and then the second player I saw hit a home run that day was Thurman Munson. No kidding. And uh, so it, it so doing this book really kind of oh, wow. it felt like a full circle thing because because the, even though I wasn't a Yankee fan. Per se, I grew up a Tigers fan. I really admired that '76 squad, and that seeing them that day was a big part of it. And seeing that them that day was a big part of why Thurman was my favorite catcher. You know, I, I just like saw him in action, saw him hit that home run, saw him. You know, I knew he was supposed to be a great player, but then, you know, it's like when you're a kid and you hear that, that somebody's great and then you go see them and they are great. Mm-hmm. It just really, like, reinforces it. And, and uh, you know, and, and I wanted to be a catcher because of, uh, you know, watching Thurman that day. I was a terrible catcher in Little League, but, uh, you know, but, but, but I gave it a shot because of Thurman. 
and uh, and so yeah, so, so so being able to, to do this book with Ron, you know, w- was a total joy, uh, a, a super fun experience, and 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 to feel like I got to know Thurman better after all this time, and you know, maybe got to share with the world a little more about who he actually was. It felt like a real full circle thing. And if you told me when I was 10 years old and watching him at that game, that someday I would write a book about him. Uh, I, I wouldn't have believed you, but I would have been pretty stoked. And the tigers, by the way, goodness. I mean, what you, you think about what's happened to that, to that franchise. I mean, oh, it, it wasn't too long ago. They were in World Series competing, winning pennants, and Verlander was on top of the baseball mountain, and Scherzer, and all the and pulling all the big trades, and Dombrowski, and they get Cabrera, and all the. And now it's like they're they're just they're unwatchable. I mean, they're just yeah. they're brutal. Yeah, I mean, and I knew going into the season. I mean, I was wearing my. I've got a like an, a, a Tigers throwback jacket that I was wearing, you know, while working in the garden a couple months ago, and my neighbor was like, "Hey, are the Tigers going to be any good this year?" And I just, without even looking at him, I just said, "No." Yeah. Hey, buddy, nice 1984 <laughs> Detroit Tigers uh, throwback coat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'll never see those days. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um. Final. Final one for you. Um. Sure. In in the game today, I mean, we we talked about what we what we really don't like and a little bit of what we do like. If if you if you could make a change, um, and maybe it go and I'm tying it into kind of your childhood and when you you started to love it and obviously I think baseball was even better just just even five to seven years ago it was better but it was better ten years ago twenty years ago. Um, is there some change that you would make or or, or something that you remember from? Your, your days growing up that you would implement in today's game to, to just to just make it better well <laughs> other than bullpen carts uh, I don't know it's it's you know I, I think I think at this point it's so far gone that it's you can't you can't just pick one thing that would sort of like flick the switch and mm. and and pull things back to where it was but I do think you know I, I do I do think um, you know um, well, I mean, again, back to the pace of play. I think I think if they would just reinforce, you know, but making the players, you know, get back in the in the batter's box, or they're or they're you know penalized with a strike, making the making the pitcher uh, deliver within uh, you know <laughs> within five minutes of, uh, of of getting the ball. It just you know that there's uh, just basic nuts and bolts stuff like that that should have been implemented years ago um and and now uh you know it's probably too late but but i would i would uh i would love to see that no doubt about it dan epstein co-author of the book uh uh, the captain and me with ron bloomberg it's awesome stuff go get it major bookstores amazon.com online of course all platforms where books are sold, you can get Dan on Twitter at BigHairPlastGrass as well and BigHairPlasticGrass.com for some terrific writing. Go get all of Dan's books as well uh, while we're at it. Again, The Captain and Me with Dan Epstein and Ron Bloomberg. Go get it. Number one, I believe, still on the Amazon list, right, Dan? Uh, I haven't checked pretty this close. morning, but, okay. it, but it was this weekend, all so right. all that's right. pretty awesome. Thank yeah. you to everybody who's bought it. No doubt. Well, hey, look, thank you so much. I, I've been a fan, obviously, for a long time, and Twitter can be a dark, dangerous place sometimes, but it's great because you can connect, and thank you for connecting with me, and uh, anything down the line that, that comes out, I'd love to have you back. 
Right on, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for supporting this book. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Liverpool Physical Therapy, our good friend Brian Conboy at Mass Mutual New York State, and Rosie's Corner. If you're in and around Central New York, it's pizza, wings, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more. Get in for Fish Friday as well. Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor on Grubhub and available, of course, for delivery from Rosie's Direct. They've got your unbelievable garlic parm wings. I'm telling you, go try those. Go try the Gold Fever. Rosie's Corner, amazing place to be. Fish Friday, every Friday with a mac and cheese, coleslaw, and french fries. You can get mac and cheese, by the way, on Thursday and Friday at Rosie's Corner on Facebook, on Instagram. Jason, Jody, and the gang doing an awesome job at Rosie's Corner. Bartell Road exit in Brewerton, right on Route 11 in front of the Brewerton Bridge. Go see my friends at Rosie's Corner. Also, tip of the cap, thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platter as well. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Thanks again to Dan Epstein. And you can get this podcast on all the major platforms. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get new and archived episodes of the ML Sports Platter wherever you get podcasts on your smartphone device. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Fall is the season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color. So whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or a special event, celebrate your friends and family with a gorgeous bouquet of roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to brighten someone's day with 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99. To get 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mail's here. It's two minutes later than yesterday. And because you know it's six minutes earlier than the day before, you decided it was time to get back to work. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, we're ready to help at every stage of your search. Build a resume, get industry tips and advice, and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Get started now at CareerBuilder.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.